Soviet Union continues to expand in both military might and political influence. Soviet Russia holds a commanding position in the future destiny of the world. But it was the United States that held the secret to atomic power. Mr. Truman declares we must have atomic control. The flags of freedom fly all over the world. This superiority would be short-lived, however, as Stalin was already at work on a plan of his own. While searching for uranium on a tiny island off the southeast coast of the Soviet Union, Russian engineers discovered E-99, a powerful and unprecedented source of energy. Seeing an opportunity for further world domination, Stalin authorizes unlimited development funds to explore the capacities of the substance. Project director Viktor Barasov establishes an island research station, Katorga 12. For his groundbreaking research, he receives the Order of Lenin. When Nikita Khrushchev succeeds Stalin, he accelerates the program, pressuring Barasov to begin field experiments. However, not only is E-99 capable of delivering unimagined power, it is also incredibly volatile. Yet Barasov is pressured to begin tests. Disaster has no known survivors. Moscow buries the installation effectively wiping it from the map. 2010, a U.S. spy satellite flying over the area is blinded by a radiation surge. Fearing another Chernobyl, and suspicious of Moscow's secrecy, the reconnaissance mission over Katorga 12 is ordered by the Pentagon. Hi, Sin. Hi, everyone. Today we hey. have a very special... <laughs> Dominic, did you just pick out a turn? It's fine. <laughs> this happens every time. Hi, Dominic. <laughs> hey. Hi, guys. Welcome to the podcast, Dominic. Do you want to restart? <laughs> no, no. This is, what, this is what people come for. Okay. My name's Dominic, and uh, I'm from Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, in America. I'm an accountant for a telecommunications company, and uh, I go with uh, peas and corn on uh, uh, Discord. So, <laughs> if you oh right, that's me. Now I know who you are. Yeah. Oh my God, Richie, you're embarrassing me. You didn't know that was the peas and corn. No. You see, I know people on Discord, Dominic. <laughs> I care. Remember a long time ago, I sent you a picture of Rom on a comic book. Yeah. Yeah, Dom's the one that gave it to me. Oh, Rom the Space Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember that Sin showed it to me and she really smugly went, Do you know who this is? <laughs> and then I said, It's Rom the Space Knight. And she went, Fuck you! And today, we're going to talk about singularity. Yay! Yay! I guess first, let me ask you, Dom, can you tell us about, like, how you encountered singularity and the first time you played it? Yeah, so, um, the first time I played singularity was right after I played Bioshock, so it was kind of an easy, easy game comparatively. Um, I must have been, like, I don't know like tween when I first picked it up it was like the first M rated game I got myself. So 
yeah, it's uh, Damn. yeah, I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so. No, no, no. That's that's like it's an important like I guess milestone in your life. First time you do that. Yeah, as far as games go, I mean, this one yeah. was pretty influential yeah. because uh, I mean, the story's great. The combat, I mean, it's all right, um, but I mean, the story is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess uh, it was a little bit easier because it. I mean, as we all know, it's basically Bioshock in Russia. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, that was my first time with it. Hmm, that's cool. The first time I played it was when I was looking for games like Bioshock. And I'm pretty sure it was recommended online or something. Yeah. Oh. And then I randomly saw it like on sale on the shelf and I was like, oh, okay. This is cool. I found it. Yeah. It didn't seem like a game I heard about, you know, before, like looking stuff up. It wasn't, I guess, popular or anything like that. Yeah. That was my experience with it because I, I had never, ever heard of this game before. And then I looked it up and a lot of the, the material I found about it was about it having this sort of troubled development where yeah. it was at one point cancelled and then they sort of gave them a reprieve to just finish it. And then when it came out, it got almost no press. I think that's an understatement, actually. I kind of explained why I had no idea what this thing was. Like, no one cared about this game. Yeah. Yeah, which is too bad because it's a really good game. As far as, yeah, face value games go, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's nothing that, I mean, it's not like Bloodborne or Dark Souls, but. Yeah, it's better. <laughs> I'll let you say I don't want to get crucified by the fan base by a minute. <laughs> no, because I love little games like that. It's just like, it's so, you know, it's not too long. It's not too short. It has a story. It's very just like <laughs> simple. It's to the point And it's a lot of fun. And I really loved it. Well, how long did it take you to beat it? Me? I don't remember. The first time I played it, not long. Like, I took my time and, you know, it wasn't like Skyrim <laughs> or Fallout. Yeah. But it was neat. I really enjoyed it, too. Um, oh, wait, wait. Richie? Yes. What was your experience playing Singularity? My experience playing Singularity was you sent me a video that was like <laughs> all the, the plot crucial cutscenes from Singularity stuck together. <laughs> I watched that and I thought, this is kind of stupid. And then I watched an actual playthrough of it and thought, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> because like that video left out um, a lot of the like the interesting stuff in Singularity watching it was watching the the world change in subtle ways. Oh, as that's you, right. Yeah. yeah, as you, because the game is sort of, it's about going backwards and forwards mm -hmm. in time. And watching, like, you go through an area, yeah. you would do something, go back, and the area's altered, yeah. but in a way that's not massively obvious. It's just little things like signs will change, and, like, something that was burned down is now no longer burned down, or, like, the circumstances of someone's death will have altered. And that's obviously, if you're just compressing the plot into an hour, you don't get that. So, yeah. Yeah, I actually thought about that when I sent you those videos, but then it was like, what, 1 a.m.? And I was just like, ah, I gotta go to sleep, and then I forgot. But no, you're absolutely right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, looks like the tables have turned, because I played it multiple times, Richie. What's your yeah, opinion yeah. on Singularity? What, I don't know? Oh, Richie, we've been recording about this two years. You must have an opinion. Yeah, except we haven't <laughs> been recording about this for two years. This is a reference to the podcast where you bullied me. It was about the wet nurse and Mimi was there. Yeah, yeah. 
Except, except we haven't been talking about singularity for two years. Oh, you have no opinions, Richie? Oh my god, you must have an opinion. Thank you. I feel vindicated. Well, my my opinion is when I was first watching it, I thought, I bet there's no one Russian on this development team, and I was right. Because yep. <laughs> it, is, it is about as stereotypical as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, though, I loved it because I feel like if it was like you know, I guess realistic, it would have been too typical. Like I was on stream, right? And there's a sign, yeah. and I'm like, why does it say? Yeah, ah, English D. Like, it was not making sense in my head. Like, I was trying to read it, and the chat was like, no, no, Sin, think about it. It's supposed to say read. You see, that's the backwards R. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I thought it was, like, kind of, like, cute, where it was just, like, random things thrown he yeah. here and there, trying and to, I like, <laughs> imitate Russian. <laughs> I read about this, and people were saying, oh, it's meant to be that, like, the main character can speak Russian, so he's just you're just getting everything in English for your benefit. <laughs> but then, like he can he can speak Russian, but he reads everything as English with backwards R's and backwards N's. You know what? That could work, but actually, what that means is he lied on his CV and he knows a little yeah. bit of Russian, and he's really confused the entire time. <laughs> also, we should point out that this game. Um, I was reading up on it. It has no subtitles. Yeah. Because they they literally did not have time to do subtitles, as a result of like the the development issues. So they couldn't. They literally could not do um, Russian with English subtitles. Yeah. So that's that's a good hack. Then it's kind of funny and like yeah. cute. And also, I was watching somebody do a speed run, and it was actually a Russian version of the game. Like the dialogue oh, was wow. in Russian, so that was kind of cute. Yeah. 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 Um. But no, I really, honestly, it's like one of my favorite games. I really loved it. It's just, yeah. it's it's just so, it's like hugging a Brutus. That's how I feel about this game, you know? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Our> Brutus. <laughs> Does everybody have their signature Brutus mug? I do, actually. Dominic? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm so disappointed in you. I'm I joking, know. I'm joking. <laughs> Okay, so I guess now we kind of can talk about the story and the plot of the game. Okay. Yeah. And this is our handy document. The intro of the game tells us some information about what happened in the Union in the 50s in the game. Um, while searching for uranium on the tiny island of the southeast coast of the Union, Russian engineers discovered a new amazing substance, which they called Element 99, or E99. It turned out to be an unprecedented source of energy, so Stalin ordered more research to be done on it. And a research station was created on the island where they discovered the material, with Viktor Borisov as the director of the research center on the island. And the island... Uh, became known or was called Katarga 12. Um, so, yeah, that was a cute detail as well. For all his amazing research on E99, Borisov received like a, like a fancy mm -hmm. communist medal. Order of Lenin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, once uh, Khrushchev uh, succeeded Stalin, uh, he pressured Borisov to do more experiments. And then, like, these experiments obviously led to a disaster on Katarga 12, which left no survivors. And, you know, as per usual, Moscow buried the entire thing. 
Um, so that's what we know in the intro, and like the game jumps to the present, which is the year 2010, where an American spy satellite that's flying over the area of Katruga 12 gets blinded by a radiation surge. And then the Pentagon sends in a couple of people to see what's up. That is what the intro said, yes. <laughs> and then the Pentagon sent in a couple of people to see what was up. <laughs> you see? Dominic, do you see? Do you see this fucking bully? I've seen this for years. I think it's cute. Do you, see? do you see what I deal with? Do you understand why sometimes I might be a little bit on the edge when Rich is like, oh, blah, 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 blah. it's like the 50th time you do that to me, Richie. Okay. So I think first we should probably just talk about what's Katarga 12. Okay. okay. Yeah. First thing we gotta do is learn the proper pronunciation. And <laughs> the silence, wow, I feel a lot of pressure. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. No, I, I noticed when you when you were reading out the yeah. intro, you said, like, how do you... Because we, we all say Khrushchev. How did you say it? Yeah, okay. So first, let's learn proper pronunciation of several words, then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know why everybody puts a K in, in his name. It's it's an H. Oh. It's just, like, it's Khrushchev. Khrushchev. Yeah. Yeah, so Khrushchev is literally H R U. So it's like Khrushchev. I don't know why there needs to be a K in there. You just, you get, also, you added like a whole lot of like the, the sh sound here on Wikipedia. It's written as S-H-C-H. <laughs> That's an intense sh. Like, like an S-H would have been fine. <laughs> we need to chop off a few letters. Like, who do I contact about that? I think it's a bit late now. Like this. This is, for reference, Khrushchev. Like, this is it. It's very simple. There is no need for a K or an extra CH. Khrushchev. Another name is Barisov. So you put the emphasis on the E. So it's like Barisov. Yeah. You know? Barisov. Barisov, yeah. Stalin. Okay, there's not many ways to mess that up. It's Stalin. Yeah. Okay, so I think it's important that we pronounce the main word of the game correctly. Katarga. Singularity. No. Oh, Katarga. 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 The O is basically an A. It's like Katarga. And the emphasis is on the first A. So it's Katarga. Katarga. Katarga, yeah. Katarga. Yeah. Good. Dominic, are you with us? Oh, yeah. I'm just going to hide. <laughs> Dominic is like, this is not what I expected. <laughs> no, this is this is exactly what I expected. I, I feel Dominic's like, when they say uh, the podcasts are hyper-edited, I understand what they're saying now. <laughs> None of that is going in. <laughs> no, this is good. No, this is really good because, again, you know, I'm just going to say Barisov or Katorga. <laughs> you know, because, like... That's how the game said it to me. Yeah. Yeah, and when you streamed this, like, yeah. half the fun was you seeing, like, English words with just written with random Cyrillic characters and just squinting. Yeah. <laughs> how do I say this? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. So, Katarga 12, let's talk about that. Um, okay. It was, like, an island where they found E99. 
And they established a lab there so they could, like, I guess, mine it and study it, right? Right, the cooker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, tell us about the cooker. Um, so the cooker is essentially, I mean, again, um, maybe Richie or, uh, you know, they, you'll have something different to say about this, but I always saw it as like a, I mean, an E99 version of a Higgs boson collider, you know, right, like, right. you know, you know, absolutely out of this world. And I mean, it was developed in the fifties. So, I mean, obviously yeah, yeah. 12 was like way overdeveloped. I mean, um, this is essentially a metaphor for the arms race you know, during the cold. War. Yeah. Yeah. You know, atomic power versus E99. And that's, I mean, that's kind of like, uh, that's explained very thoroughly throughout the game with all the exposition from the, uh, what is it? The little recordings everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, the cooker is where, you know, I'm, I'm very sorry, Sin, but Barisov, you know, <laughs> um, you know, he was the uh, front runner, you know, for the cookers of Stappen with the help of Dr. Uh, Petrov. 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 Yeah. Yeah, so um, those two combined, um, I think one was more biological scientists and the other one was more theoretical. That's where Beresov comes in. That's at least my interpretation. You know, Petrov was more the biological, you know, um, science of the island itself. You know, the natural development of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uranium-99. Mm-hmm. Right. Richie, and you mentioned you wanted to say something about the E-99? Oh, um, I just thought it was the, a neat detail that they discover this thing and they call it E99 because it's the 99th element. Because at that point, there wasn't a 99th element. Right. They did discover one later on, but it was after 1955. So. Oh, that's a cute detail. Yeah. What's the 99th element now? Einsteinium. Oh. I'm not surprised you know that. So it's ES99. Sure. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> which Mandela effect is that? Well, this game is a series of Mandela effects, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, every, everyone's obsessed with, uh, you know, the device in the game. But, I mean, technically you don't need it. There's this random American, completely alone on this Russian island, <laughs> going in and out of time frames, naturally. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that I thought was actually kind of interesting is that, do you know what the word katrga means in Russian? Richie, uh, in the document, could you read the Wikipedia definition of the word katrga? Katrga was a system of penal labor in the Russian Empire, footnote one, and Soviet Union, see katrga labor in the Soviet Union. Prisoners were sent to remote penal colonies in vast uninhabited areas of Siberia and the Russian Far East where voluntary settlers and workers were never available in sufficient numbers. The prisoners had to perform forced labor under harsh conditions. Yeah, so I thought it was a little weird that this island that's supposed to be the pride of the Union, right? Where you find this awesome material and you're going to, like, show America who's boss. Let's call it Katarga. I don't know. Yeah, this is the whole, like, I really got the impression after about five minutes that literally nobody Russian worked on this. Especially, like, yeah, I guess we'll talk about it later on, but a lot of, um, a lot of the way it's presented is it's, it's presented as though it's, like, 50s American kind of propaganda, but they just find America replace Union. So it, it looks a lot, <laughs> and, like, I was going to mention this when, when they brought up the cooker, but, like, 
it's very, very aesthetically similar to Fallout in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yes. When did Fallout 3 come out? 2008. Because the, the aesthetic of Fallout's been pretty consistent from the beginning, so I was thinking, like, maybe they got this from 1 and 2. But yeah, 3 is definitely. And even, like, the glove thing is very, it looks a lot like the Pip-Boy in uh, 3. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what I felt also when I was playing the game, like, take America and place with the Union. Yeah, because, like, when I first, because, like I said, I didn't know anything about this. And mm-hmm. when you sent me the video, I thought, I didn't realize this was from 2010. I thought, oh, this is, because I've never heard of this, this must be a recent thing. And mm-hmm. it looks like it's from 2010 because it's, like, a, a smaller team working with, like, a lesser budget and, like, maybe an older engine. But no, this was actually, like, this is just 2010 standards, yeah. Let's talk about who developed and published this game quickly. It was uh, Raven. Yeah, which might surprise people. It was Raven is who developed it, and the publisher was Activision. Yeah. Yeah, the Activision, not like Activision with a backward R. And this is the bane of their existence. (laughs) Yeah. Raven had worked on Call of Duty, and they'd also worked on the the modern Wolfenstein yeah. games at this point. So, yeah, yeah, you can see it the whole way through. Yeah, you know, the gun designs, the the mechanics, the slide function, you know, the uh, multiple tools. You can see them progressing as a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess it's like you get Fallout, and then you replace America with Union, but then you also get Wolfenstein and replace Germany with Union, and that's yeah. sort of what this game was. Yeah. 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 Actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we were talking about Katarga and what it means in Russian versus how it was portrayed in the game. Because, yeah, in the game it was portrayed something that's, like, good, that's, like, pride. People live there. There's a school there, you know? Yeah. But I found a lore reason for this. I figured it out. Go on. So... Let's say the Americans are watching you, right? And there's a new thing. There's this new island that appears on the map that everybody goes to. And then the Americans are like, oh, my God, is this like a cool new thing the Union is doing? And then they call you up. (laughs) They call you up. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, hey, what's that island? Krishna's like, oh, it's just another Katarga. Don't worry about it. And they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) I see no reason he would lie to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's like a cover, you know? No, everything's fine. Look the other way. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, yes. So maybe this game's like extra deep. We just need to analyze it. If only that were true. If only that were true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Thank you. So now I guess we can talk about the actual like story of the game. Maybe summary. The game starts with two guys in the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dominic, could you tell me about like who they are and why they're there? Yeah, so um, like we explained at the beginning of this, so there's an American spy satellite that picked up a, a, a radiation spike, essentially. And uh, mm-hmm. they realized, hey, there's this island, you know, and there's a ton of radiation. And uh, obviously this is post-Chernobyl, as the prologue, you know, indicated. So, um I mean, I guess that's why they were there. I think it's a little bit more in depth than that because for some reason they want to evac those those two guys out. You know, the survivors, uh, Nathaniel Ranko, which is our character, and James mm-hmm. Devlin, which is the partner. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that was actually one of those points in development where I think they meant more than what they got. 
because I think there was something more to it than just a radiation spike because they wanted to evacuate them as soon as possible. And if they were there to destroy something, they wouldn't care about those people dying, to be quite honest with you. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because in the beginning, yeah, there's the helicopter, the two guys talking, being like, oh, why are we even here? Well, what's the point, right? They're, they don't seem to be concerned. Well, I think it's like a usual run for them, you know, in each timeline. You know, they keep saying, you know, just another day. You know, they're going through the, the rigmarole and uh, they go to the island and they're expecting nothing to happen. And all of a sudden, boom, giant yeah. time shift crashes yeah. the plane. Mm-hmm. So when their plane crashes the first time, what causes it? I think it's a time shift, like a like a, like a a breach. Okay, yeah. And uh, it's the E-99, um, in my opinion, going, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the specific term, but when it goes, like, I don't know, super-powered, it causes, like, time shifts in the island randomly because it's seen throughout the entire game. And... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, E-99 just kind of does, like, whatever. Yeah, I got that, I got that too. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird, because, like, it's meant to pick up boxes and make them bigger so you can climb on them, essentially, is what we got out of this game. You know what? I feel like you guys are just jealous, because the Union has this awesome weapon, and you're like, oh, it seems to do whatever. Well, it's meant to do whatever. No, I'm I'm impressed at the fact it does whatever. Okay, exactly. Good. I mean, we'll talk about it later, I guess. There's like a, an E99 information <laughs> film that's basically just... Yeah, which, which is weird for a secret facility to tell them exactly what the most powerful weapon in the world can do. Yeah. In English. Yeah, in English, yeah. Okay, well, what if only, like, Russian-speaking people of the highest rank spoke English, so only they understood the films? it's aimed at like children maybe it's the choir <laughs> could be the choir those guys are shifty i i think a better explanation is that they played fallout <laughs> and really yeah. really liked bioshock really, really liked <laughs> yeah 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 okay thank you mm-hmm. so the helicopter crashes and we play as Rienka? renko and so we explore the island on which we crashed. And it's cool because you walk around and you see this, like, um, you know, posters, which, like, have, like, semi-Russian, semi-English writing. It has a very, like, Union aesthetic and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, some of the posters were accurate, but some seemed to have been run through, like, Google Translate or something. Um, I, I'm trying yeah. to remember. There's there's a specific poster that said something like, "Be quiet," you know, with a woman like showing a sh- gesture, mm-hmm. meaning like, "Don't like, don't spread gossip." Like, right. you know, the implication is that like, so the enemy doesn't know our secrets or whatever. But the way they translated it, I was like, "What? That's you don't say that. That's literally be quiet." But that's not how you'd say it in Russian. Um, so there were some things which were really like random words with like random backwards letters, other things which were accurate, and then other things which were like Google translated. So it was like a mix and mash. You really can't hold too much pressure on a bunch of Americans making a Russian-based game, though. <laughs> no, I, it's actually really impressive. I mean, the like the the visuals were there. Like, 
There was even the guy on some posters. There's like the hardworking guy with a cap and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll send it to you on Discord. Like a guy that looks something like this, for example. Oh, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and he has a little cap on or like, he's. It's like the. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the socialist realist stuff. Yeah. I thought that was cool. So aesthetically, I thought it was really neat. Um, but some things were like a little off. But again, I thought it added to the charm of the game. It's yeah. like <laughs> one thing that I really disliked about the game is that um, every mm-hmm. time Devlin talked into the radio, it scared the crap out of me. You'd be like, "Where'd go?" And I'm like, "Ah!" Oh, I think that's the point, though. You know, I don't, I don't know about any of you, but. Um... When when I heard this was a horror game, it was kind of hard to believe because like it's mostly just jump scares. Yeah, to be quite honest with you, just like what you said, Devlin going into the radio. You're probably in a quiet facility, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, there's he, you know, there's he at. But I think there was a horror aspect that was like subtle, but it was like, oh Jesus, like because of the E99 radiation, whatever, you start seeing like spirits from the past sometimes, kind of like in Bioshock. Yeah, chronolite. Yeah. There's like one scene when the teacher's like, oh, children, get under your desks. Something's happening. And you see just their like, you know, uh, spirits or whatever. And then when everything disappears, you just see like dead children under desks. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Or there's another one again, you just see spirits of like three people and one of them like, one guy shoots his two friends because he doesn't want them to get eaten by the monsters, but then he's missing one bullet to shoot himself. And it's like, oh, unsettling. You know? Yeah, and I think that was actually supposed to be implied to be the first boss, actually. I don't know if you caught on to that. Oh, yeah? No, I didn't. Yeah, so um, no. replaying the game, and, you know, I, <laughs> it's so funny because I remember you guys just recording with someone, and they were just like, we have detailed notes, and Richie just, like, laughs. But, you know, I got, like, pages on pages of notes for this game. <laughs> and, um, and uh, actually, so the guy kills his comrades and can't kill himself. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that appears to be kind of still living because it, it looks like they have augmentations that that first like time quote unquote time jumping you know blue mutants I call them mutants yeah, um, yeah. It, it looks like it was like yeah biologically modified so I always took that to be implied that's the survivor that couldn't kill himself because right after you see that corner light you're at the boss mm-hmm. fight right so that's what happens you know yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of that. Yeah, but it, it's actually it's actually more important to tell where we're at when we fight the first boss. You know, because the docks are the, the first, you know, the, uh, how do I say this? Um, it's like the front of Katorga 12. You know, they want it to seem like this lush island, right, full of opportunities for the Russian people. But your description of Katorga, like mm-hmm. a slave camp... This is the most proper name I could think of this because it is, you know, if you read the notations throughout the whole game, the letters got redacted to the populace when they got them. Um, They were given growth supplements, Mm. you know, to counteract the E99, like school children, that one note in the, in the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, they were, I mean, they're essentially slaves for Baratov and Demichev. Okay. But, you see, I disagree with that because for you, it's like, oh, this is so bad. Things are redacted and people are like oppressed and, oh, we don't know what's happening. But that's just like another day in the union. 
Thank you. Um, so let me just see where were we. Okay. Oh, in terms of the game. So in the beginning, like when Renka explores the island and he goes into like this building, right? Yeah. You go in this building and then as you enter, you see like this huge statue of Stalin, right? Yeah. There's, a, there's this table that represents the island. And there are buttons you can click that tell you, like, what each uh, section of the island represents. Yeah. And then it tells you about, like, okay, this is where we extract the element 99. And then you click another one. Then they're like, this is the labs. We uh, look into, like, weapons, crops, medical research, chronology investigation. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, here is the school. Here are the civilian docks. Here is where we get supplies from the mainland. And then the last one you click, it's like, and here's the tower. It's not built yet, but once it's built, it's going to be home to like the Borisov reactor. And the reactor will be like a device that will create a singularity that will mm-hmm. provide unlimited energy for like the union that's safe and clean and amazing. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the building's abandoned, so obviously it didn't work, right? And then um, as you explore this room, a time rift happens yeah. where your character uh, is transported into the past, into like the 1950s. And uh, he's like in this burning building and he runs around and he sees some guy about to be like burned alive. And so he saves him. Right. And as he runs across the hallways, trying to find a way out, carrying this guy, somebody tells him, no, stop. But he ignores that person. And anyway, and so you save this person, you get him to a safe room and there's a whole bunch of people there. And you're like, okay, where did all these people come from? And then... Mm-hmm. It ends, and then you're transported back, and you're like in the same room, and it turns out you're in the room where you were before, but things are changed. Like instead of having a yeah. Stalin statue, there's some other guy. And like the table with the buttons, if you click on them again, they're all the same except for one that says, Oh yeah, the tower, it was built, and it was amazing. Yep. Yeah, and instead of being called, like, the buddies of reactor, it's like, oh, it's the Dimitri of reactor. And you're like, what? Yeah. And I thought that was so, like, that was so, like, subtle, but not subtle, and totally cute and amazing. Yeah, because you think, as, as a playing a video game, you know, you think not to go back to it, mm-hmm. you know, because you thought it's a pre-recorded thing, so you think, oh, it's not going to be any yeah. different. Yeah, for me, it was like when that happened. It's just immediately like, okay, you alter time by saving the guy in right. the building. But it takes the characters like three quarters <laughs> of the game to kind of figure that out. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot going on. Okay, <sighs> he's trying to figure out why all the R's are backwards. <laughs> okay. I guess the the third um when we're talking about yep. like obvious influences on this we had Fallout and BioShock but also like obviously yes. Half-Life because this whole thing is it's very much the resonance cascade thing 100%. from Half-Life. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean Barisoff looks I I don't remember his name but he looks just like the main character in Half-Life almost a spitting Yeah. Oh, Freeman. Like yeah. Like an older yeah. Freeman. Yeah. Hmm. Dominic, can you tell us a little more about the singularity? Yeah, so um, it's essentially the singularity is to generate an event horizon 
by using the Higgs boson collider that we were talking about before called the cooker with the assistance of E99, right? And um, to be more specific, um, what the actual, you know, what an event horizon is, it's defined as a theoretical boundary around a black hole beyond which no light or other radiation can escape. So I think the point of it was to use E99's power but also counteract the radiation by getting it like sucked into a, you know, a place where nothing can escape it essentially get the good stuff without the bad stuff was the objective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. And uh, obviously that did not work. <laughs> or did it? <laughs> Maybe there's a Katorga 13 somewhere. There could be. Oh, I, <laughs> there probably would have been. Maybe in the alternative timelines or there's. Yeah. Uh, well, like Bioshock Infinite has infinite light towers, so maybe this has infinite cutters. See, see, when I thought this game had been made last year, I was thinking, oh, they've gotten this from Bioshock Infinite. And then I was like, no, no, if anything, Bioshock Infinite got it from this. When I first played Bioshock Infinite, I was like, this should have been called Singularity 2. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, there's the the tower is a lighthouse. Katorga Twelve is the city, and Ranko's the man. There's always a city. There's always a lighthouse. There's always a man. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're not far off. But I think it was the nice, you know, subtle mark is that um, that article you gave me where they directly say, "Yeah, we copied Bioshock." I don't think that's you know necessarily not yeah. appropriate. But in the counter, like Richie just said, I also think Bioshock took from this because it's a very cool story you know i don't think anyone yeah. can do that yeah yeah, yeah. and like unlike bioshock it has its roots in system shock so like oh yeah everyone's borrowing from everyone else yeah and that's nice you know that's that's the goal part. yeah everyone yeah. thinks they need the original yeah. but if it ain't broke don't fix it like there are games that pride themselves at being a souls like so oh yeah like a uh, jedi fallen order it's described as a souls like game i don't know why but it is but actually, on a previous Soul River podcast, we discovered that Miyazaki's games, the Souls games, are actually Soul River-like games. So by default, mm-hmm. all the Souls-like games are actually Soul River-likes. No, I don't doubt it. You know, um, I didn't. I, I'd never got into Souls lore before you guys. So my knowledge basically comes from oh, your podcasts okay. all these years. Oh wow! Yeah. That's good because everything we say is 100% true and 100% well, accurate. It, it, that's funny that you mentioned that though, because um, as, <laughs> as you know, Sin, I discovered you on that very infamous Sanitas K um, podcast with Archibald. Oh, the best podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it brought in the best people, I swear. So that's the first time I saw you because I was actually watching Richie's playthrough of Bloodborne because I just played it just like three years ago. <laughs> and um, I saw his video and yours right below it was that and that's where this all started so my my soul's development is actually from you guys oh wow and red grave you know a lot of that oh cool mm-hmm. yeah okay thank you uh so where are we um the second level just progressing through the storyline you know because you're on the docks you save you know Demichev from the fire Demichev replaces stalin which is obvious you know from the you know statue replacement <laughs> um so <laughs> yeah. that's kind of implied like richie said but your character doesn't click anything together until 
you're pretty much dead, sacrificing your life for it. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then uh, we go outside. We finally see the outside, the new outside, I guess, the post timey shifty things outside, and that's when we encounter some monsters which were pretty creepy. And then we also like go in a school and we go in a building and those areas I found really, really creepy and unsettling. It was just, especially like it's, I find it's not super in your face, but it's like at some point you like enter a room and again, you see like the ghost of a freaking monster over a baby bed and you're like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. As you progress the game, the mutants get more and more I don't know, manipulated by E99, depending on where they're at and what they did. Um, yeah. Because you know, when you're on the docks in the yeah. school, in what I would consider the you know municipality area, like the government buildings and the schools and stuff like that are right at the forefront. Because uh, that table we were talking about yeah. where it showed everything, I thought that was like a soft like pitch meeting right. for shareholders to keep the research going. You know? Hey, come to the island. Here's what we have to offer. You know, orientations for the workers. You know, here you go. But yes, as yeah. soon as you go past the docks, it's all research. The whole the whole island. You know, and when you go to the <laughs> research facility, which is the second level, you start seeing what I call the time jumping mutants. You know, they they keep popping in and out of time, closer and closer <laughs> to Renko. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think that was because of the more radiation exposure they got because they were directly involved with E99. Mm-hmm. That reminds me, another thing that I thought was interesting were the notes you'd find um, across the game. And there was this one note that's like, uh, somebody was talking about how their spouse works in a facility where E99 is prominent and they're like, oh yeah, my spouse is not feeling well and they're acting strange, but they don't want to tell anyone because they don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> it's like, uh... They probably don't want to get kicked off the island. This is probably a good opportunity for all these people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then you fight off some mutants and then all of a sudden, like, the Russian uh, black ops are after you too for some reason and you're like, what? And, uh, you reunite with your partner and you fight off a bunch of Russian black ops and a bunch of uh, monsters, but then you yep. get captured. By? Plot twist, Richie, who we get captured by? <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, is it? Dimitri. Is this like you? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say it, Richie. I'm going to edit it out so it looks like you're intelligent. No, you have to include like a really obvious cut and then. Demichev. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Richie. <laughs> yeah. Demichev is all high fashion. He's wearing his cloak with some fur from Dark Souls 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking like Jon Snow. <laughs> yeah. John Demichev. He's like, oh my god, I recognize you. You haven't changed a day, and it's been 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> And Renko's like, what? <laughs> you still don't get it. <laughs> yeah, who are you? <laughs> yes. Basically, Damichev is like, where's the TMD? And then you're like, what's the TMD? And then your partner's like, we have rights. And then Damichev shoots your partner in the face. And then somebody else is shooting Damichev. And then that someone else turned out to be like an agent named Catherine. And she's helping you escape. And it's really intense. And I actually liked it here because it's like, 
your hands are tied, right? And you're escaping and she's like, okay, go here, go left, go right, go down. And she's like guiding you. Mm-hmm. And like, if you go the wrong way, you die. So I thought that was cute. Yeah. And then you meet up with Catherine, who just rescued you from Dimitrov. And um, Dominic, do you want to tell us like what she tells us when we meet up with her and what she explains to us? Yeah. So uh, Catherine, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, she's an agent for Mir 12, M-I-R-12, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, you go through there and you find out that Mir 12 is essentially the resistance of Katorga 12. Um, the mm-hmm. objective is to bring light to the world. What's going on here, right? The mutations, the human experimentations, um, you know, the risk to the planet, I think was involved with that little exposition of what mirror 12 is right after you find them. And, um, you know, uh, they want to assist Ranko in finding out the answers to what is the singularity, right? The tower, um, because of the notations left in, that Soviet Union, like, planner, or whatever that is. And um, there's, like, notes in there, like, find Ranko, you know, Ranko, but, which is weird, because you know his name, but you have no idea when he's coming, or where he's coming from, or who's Ranko. To know that. Um, at this time, though, you find out later why they know so much about Ranko. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of cute because it's like, she's like, listen, we need you. And you're like, okay. And she's like, yeah, there's this journal from 50 years ago that tells us we really need to talk to you in 2010. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're like, okay. You base your entire existence on a journal from 50 years ago. That's cool. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah, I always took it as a common alliance. You know, he doesn't have his soldiers with him. These people are willing to help him get off the island. And uh, I think that's the only reason why he's participating in it, because um, as we find out, Ranko is a pretty cool individual. Um, and just like a little side note, I guess, Mir, the word in Russian, uh, literally means world, but it also means peace. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because you had the, the Mir space station. Right. Yeah, when I googled Mir, that's like the only thing that came up. Yeah. And in singularity, MIR stands for Moscow Initiative Research. M-I-R. Well, what, what would it stand for if that was in Russian? It doesn't stand for anything. Didn't you just say it stood for Moscow Initiative Research? Yeah, but in the game, in the game, the journal, it says M, Moscow, I, Initiative, R, Research. No, but like, what what would that be if it was actually in Russian? Like, it wouldn't be Mia, would it? No, no, no. This is all I have to say. I'm just <laughs> confused by the the not quite bilingual approach this game has. It's very distracting. It's incredibly frustrating. <laughs> I mean, this is like um. Well, <laughs> okay, okay, well, how about this? This is, again, deepest lore. Imagine, imagine you're an agent of the 
United States of America and you try to infiltrate this union facility yeah. and then you find this journal and you're like, what does it mean? Why is it in English? Is it mere? What does oh, it mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like you're so confused and you're just like, I give up, whatever. I it reminded me a lot of like old, like 60s things like Mission Impossible and stuff where it would just be set in this ill-defined like Eastern European area that would have some name like the Eastern Alliance or something. <laughs> and they they would write all the signs in a way that was like English but with like <laughs> either um <laughs> mm -hmm. either Cyrillic characters or like umlauts. <laughs> so they would be like a cylinder with the stuff leaking out of it and it would have gaz written on it like GA set. <laughs> And even like what is I can't remember if it's this cut if it was the cutscene we're just talking about where you get rescued and the guy's like, Oh, you Americans and your obsession with individuality. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Like> <laughs> okay, so thank you. We are mere twelve. Our mission is to reveal the truth that's been hidden from the entire world. In the 1950s, a military research base was built on the island of Katorga 12. To this day, the government denies its existence. That is a lie. According to top secret documents we've uncovered, the base was the site of research involving the mineral E-99. The E-99 research program was headed by two men. Dr. Viktor Barasov, a top researcher in the field of quantum physics. He didn't live to see the outcome of his work. Reports say he was killed in an unexplained laboratory accident. This man stepped in to lead the program after Barasov's death. He went on to lead Russia in a war for world domination. A war won using super-powered weaponry developed at Katorga 12. Today, we know him as Chancellor Nikolai Demichev, leader of the world government. The events surrounding Demichev's rise to power are still a mystery. Our organization is in possession of a journal that claims Demichev is a fraud. It raises many questions about Katorga 12. What happened there to put Chancellor Demichev in power? What could have caused so much destruction and taken so many lives? Evidence points to this structure on Katorga 12, the singularity. What is the singularity? The journal claims one man will lead us to the answers. His name is Captain Nathaniel Renko. It is our mission to locate Captain Renko and help him achieve his goal. We are mere 12. We will reveal the truth. So then Catherine basically tells us that we need to do like this mission where we need to find a TMD device, right? Yeah, And then she tells us, using the device, we must go back in time and stop Demichev, the man we saved in the fire, from killing Borisov. And um, Borisov is the scientist that was talked about in the intro. And then she yeah. tells us we have to do that because the timelines are all wrong and Borisov is the only one who can like restore history to its original timeline because the journal said so. Well, don't yeah. second-guess a journal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the part that, that real this happens like every time there's a story about like history being altered, but I'm like, how do the people know that they're in the quote unquote wrong timeline? Did you read the journal, Richie? Right, exactly. And yeah. also yeah, and also like mm -hmm. I mean it's sort of outside the what the singularity is grappling with, but mm -hmm. like a lot of 
the correct timeline, which is our timeline, also has a lot of really terrible things in it. <laughs> okay. So, some other stuff that Catherine tells us, I think, and I think it's the stuff that you sort of get the feel for at this point, if you put two and two together. I don't know if Franco did, but basically, when you went back in time, you saved Demetra from the fire, right? Then Demetrev and Borisov work together on Katrga 12. And that leads to Borisov developing the TMD device, which is the device we use in the game to sort of manipulate object, time, space, and which helps us travel back and forth through time, through rifts. Um, and this is when sort of like Borisov and Demetrev disagree on things. I think Demetrev wants to push things further. Borisov kind of doesn't. Borisov hides the TMD device from him. Demetrev is like, oh, no, you didn't. And then he executes Borisov and everybody who sort of doesn't um, obey him, right? Well, well, maybe this is going to add another layer to that because nothing you said is wrong. But the way I always thought it is that Demichev didn't know about the TMD. He only found out after he kills Barisov. So once he finds out that one, this weapon existed, and two, he can't find it, it becomes a lifelong obsession. And that's why he was on Katorga 12 when Ranko was there. I mean, you got to imagine this. This guy's stalling. He's not doing it just because he can, right? He's probably doing it because he has a personal vendetta against this. Right. He wants the TMD. So I think that would add an extra layer to the plot if, you know, maybe that headcanon is true. That's the way I always took it. Barisov didn't tell Demichev, you know, because they were only there for E99. The cooker, right? Singularity, the tower, all that. Mm -hmm. And because when you look at the those little recordings, it's only Barisov and his men. You know, it, it, it seems like Barisov discovered what he did, right, and what he created. And he's like, no, no way. He's not getting this. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Richie, did you get a different idea from that or is that just me? Richie. Sorry, I was muted. Sorry. I, I feel like they probably had a more complex story in mind initially and they sort of had to squish it down a bit. So we, mm -hmm. we lead, you yeah, there's a lot of like, you have to make certain assumptions, but the assumptions are like, they're internally consistent. It's not like you have to come up with a huge leap. So mm -hmm. I think that's probably what they were going for. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Okay. So then we find the TMD device, right? Right. When you're going into the cave, right? Where the TMD is hidden, right? Essentially, Barisov's like hidden headquarters. That's why I'm saying like the TMD wasn't known to Demichev because mm -hmm. his laboratory was underground, hard to get. You know what I mean? I, I, I can't say hard to get to. Probably wasn't hard to get to in 1955. But um, <laughs> it seems that when you go down there from the experimentation, you see the enhanced uh, fauna of Katorga 12 and the E99 influence on it. Because those are yeah, those are susceptible to the yeah, TMDs yeah. like reaction. <laughs> yeah, because E ninety nine like I guess we we touched on it a couple of times, but there's this little E ninety nine information yeah. film that's like here's all the things E ninety nine can do, and it's like this just does everything. <laughs> 
This is like <laughs> it make it it produces superhumans, but also it travels in time, and also it creates like Fallout Half Life style mutants. Like it just <laughs> does everything. It's the flex tape of all. Ele- ele- yeah, basically. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say it's uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. That's one way of looking at it. Yeah. Because, you know, on RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race, you have to sing, you have to perform, you have to make your own outfits, you have to act, you have to dance. It's just insane. Like, I don't know how the queens do it. If I had to do it, I'd be like, you know, rocking back and forth in the corner, crying like, oh, this is too much pressure. Okay, there's two timelines. Okay. There's our timeline, but it doesn't have RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> and then there's... The bad timeline from the singularity, where the East Coast is destroyed, but they do have RuPaul's Drag Race. (laughs) Which one do you choose? I'm sorry, I gotta go with RuPaul's Drag Race timeline. Hey, we're both dead then. (laughs) (laughs) The world deserves RuPaul's Drag Race, okay? I understand. I mean, have you seen the lip sync between <laughs> Alicia Edwards and Tatiana? <laughs> no, I haven't. I We will watch it later and you'll understand what I mean. Is it still going or are you just watching repeats? Well, I watch repeats and I watch the new ones when they come out. Okay, if we'll, we'll watch the new season together then. Wait, I'm sorry, okay. what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! You're still here. Hi, Dominic. Sorry. Yeah, you, you, you just, you just witnessed the birth of the new series. Oh. I think. Another note to platform. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, Richie, focus. Um, I am focused. Are you talking back to me? I'm confirming <laughs> that you gave me the order to remain focused. Okay. Oh, good one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So, what's happening now? We find the TMD. Right. We are leaving the facility, and we are using the TMD's powers to repair what I can only assume to be a self-explanatory, hey, use that device you just picked up to repair the columns that just randomly crashed. Yeah, yeah. I, as you play the game, you get the feeling like, I guess they wanted to do more than this, because the puzzles are very like, put this box here and make it bigger so it opens a gate for you. I, I guess we didn't really, we should talk about what the TMD actually oh, does yeah, like, in sorry. the game, because it's, it, it's it, the notion behind the TMD is it rewinds and fast forwards time. Yes. Which sounds like, oh, this is really interesting. In the way it articulates is that, like, there's broken things, and if you use the TMD on it, it fixes them. Yeah. And there's, like, fixed things, and if you use the TMD well, on them, they break. Yeah. And sometimes it makes a box big. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I found interesting is that yeah. um, Chrono Light, right, Chrono Ping, was supposed to be more than what it is, because here's the thing. You just, you know, said something that contradicted its own de- development as far as the games, right? So not you contradicting, but the game, because... Barisov explaining that the DMD is that you're going into space-time and getting that object out of that set space-time and bringing it into yours. However, right, like you just said, when we got the game, it's just reversing and going forward time. I'm almost certain yeah. at one point yeah. this was like an open world game where you just got to explore the island, right? Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. saw like 
I don't know, those like blue translucent, right? Images of like a box and you created it, you brought it into your space timeline. Right. But I like, like, um, we found out they had like what, 10 months to finish this project. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to pick up pieces. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Which was really impressive. I thought like, what, what we yeah. got for 10 months of work. I'm astounded. That's it. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 Or I should say 10 months cleanup, I should say. You know, there was probably a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, from, my understanding is it, it was in development for a couple of years, then they cancelled it. And then they basically went back on that and said, okay, we're uncancelling it, but you've only got 10 months to fix it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I think they did a really good job. I mean, I think the game is really good as is. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, no, like... People, like, and it's the same with Dark Souls 2, where people are like, oh, like, you know, it was rushed, blah, blah, blah. But you look at other things that were, like, as rushed or even less rushed, and it's stuff like like Sonic 2006 <laughs> or Bubsy 3D. Or so it's just, like, these unplayable messes. And it's, like, yeah. just get, getting... <laughs> I guess it's, like, like when you watch people rant about games, they say, like, oh, my God, did you fall through the floor. How did they mu- fuck up something that easy? And it's, like, that's actually, like, the baseline. Mm-hmm. Like, making you not fall through the floor is, like, 90% of the work, and then, like, everything on top of that is, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Hmm, thank you. I think people are too critical, Yeah, to be quite honest with yeah. you. This game, it's a video game. What do you want? You want, it like, an epic journey each and every time? You know, that downplay yeah. like a game like The Witcher, or... I'll be honest, I liked Singularity more than I liked Witcher 3. So there you go. Uh, my personal opinion. <laughs> I guess, like, it it being Raven as well, people probably expected a lot more. Maybe, yeah. Uh, given their, like, sure, pedigree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they expected a lot more, you know? Yeah, I think yeah. they, they bit off too much than they could chew. Like like me and Richie were saying, you know, it's it appears to be an open-world game where you free-range toward, you know, the island. Because the way it's set up, I, I really don't think they would limit you to chapters to be honest with you oh yeah 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 because and like we we should mention yeah. Out of a chapter yeah and the chapters are literally like they're the points on that map you see earlier exactly. like that map is just here are all the places you're going to go it's basically a straight line um okay thank you so we just discovered the tmd mm-hmm. and we just talked about what it is and now we're going to use the tmd to go through a rift to go back in time and save Parisov from being executed by Demichev. Right. This is where you yeah. probably the best gun in all of video games. Okay, tell us about the best gun in all of video games. The Seeker. So, oh my god, it's so good. It needs to be in every video game. It's like the ASMR of best guns. <laughs> okay, but 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 yeah. Sin. Seeker is of course spelled with a backwards R. How would how would you pronounce that? Okay, we don't have an S in Russian. But let's assume we do have an S in Russian. Um, so you'd be like, Sekeya. See, I wasn't that too far off. No, no. It's, uh, <laughs> the canonical name of Seeker. So, Dominic, tell us how it works. So, um, like you guys were saying, obviously, they 
who took inspiration from a lot of games, a lot being the most obvious when it comes to guns like the Seeker, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's basically that slow motion effect that you're allowed to do with, um, what is it, like skill points? I haven't played Fallout in a long time. Like, what's the uh, the quote-unquote ammo to use it? That's yeah, that's... right. So you're you're using E99 in the same way you're doing that, but instead of determining where you're going to hit the person, you just control the entire bullet the whole way through. And it's a one-shot kill, no matter what you hit. So, and it's amazing because it flies mm-hmm. pretty far, and you can control it and just like make it come back. And it's it's but really the sad cool. part is you get it right away. You know, it's not like you know the the big fucking gun from Doom, right? Where you like build up to the overpowered rifle. They just give it to you. Here it is. That's the good thing because you get to use it in the game and you get enjoy it. you get to enjoy it because sometimes in the game they give you something cool but at the end and you're like why am yeah, I going to play like, this again why are you giving it to me just now it's like getting like the best plasmid in Bioshock in the first level you know it just becomes over yeah I would love that um, it's like makes no everything so much better <laughs> yeah yeah I am OP is this why you haven't Respect. finished any of the Souls games besides I finished all of the Souls games. I like how you, oh, Dominic, you're so 2015. I finished all of the Souls awesome. games. You haven't finished two. Uh, almost. Oh, there you go. I got pre- okay, uh. Two is like 700 hours long. I got to almost the end and I was like, I can't anymore. I just, it's like, I need to rest. I need to breathe. I need to eat. I can't. That's okay. Yeah, it's, it's longer than fucking Skyrim. It's crazy. I can't. <laughs> they needed to take some of that development time from <laughs> Dark Souls 2 and put it into Singularity. Or just just send parts of it to From Software. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thank you. And yeah, I really liked that part. I thought it was cool. You're like in this research facility. And um, I think there were also some films that tell you about some story things there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like research facilities in games. Like, that's my thing. So I appreciated that. Because you're, you're a research assistant. Oh, in you are. Okay. I right, think so. Cool. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Oh, wow. And you, you, and you make manuals for research in real life. So this is like, yeah. you really connect with like audio logs and things. Yes, I do, actually. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I want there to be like a game that's I want there to be a game set in a research facility that's like accurate so all the the memos are called things like absolute final memo seven dot revision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just a bunch of files just called like fuck this dot text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm just looking at things that are on my desktop right now. Yeah. Oh, no, my boyfriend's making chicken wings, isn't he? Why are you saying oh, no? Because he's going to eat them. No, wait, chicken wings were here. Did he sneak Did he sneak in here, take the chicken wings, and now he's making them? Oh, my God, I'm going to text him. Where is he? My love, are you making chicken wings? Question mark heart. Okay. Okay, so we have chicken wings take like what thirty minutes to make. We can do this. Okay. So <laughs> this is we're on chicken wings time. 
Remember the time that you recorded with me and you just wanted to keep recording and then your boyfriend got back and like, okay, I can stop now. And it turned out that you just wanted to record to fill in time till he got back from McDonald's. <laughs> and then you just recorded yourself chewing. <laughs> okay. Okay, focus, everyone. Right. <laughs> okay. All right, now it's serious. We've got chicken wings. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, we explore this facility, we kill a bunch of people, but it's okay because actually what's happening in the facility is Demichev is overthrowing Borisov, and so Demichev is like killing all of Borisov's people. And then we burst into an office and what we see is Demichev pointing the gun at Borisov and he's about to shoot him, but we shoot Demichev first and he falls out of the window. So Dominic, can you tell us why all of this is happening? Uh, yeah, so um, Demichev is actually storming Barisov's labs because it is implied through notations and recordings that the TMD is well activated and working, but mm-hmm. Barisov understands what can happen from it if Demichev, right, his military might, gets a hold of this thing and what it can do for not only the Soviets but the world. Um, he hides it in the cave where we find it. So Demichev is storming. Uh, the laboratory at this time to try to figure out where it's at. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so this is interesting because in the, I guess, quote unquote, original timeline, the TMD was never made. Yeah. Like that, that would, yeah. that would make more sense if like, um, Katorga were just like, it didn't matter. Whereas if it had have succeeded, the whole yeah, the whole oh, I see, I see what you guys are trying to say. So like, if the TMD was discoverable, someone, yeah. no matter who it would be, would try to find that thing. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, and then because we save Damichev, that like leads Barisov to creating the TMD. So like, they had to work together for the TMD to happen. You know, right? So I don't know. I found that I found that really cute. Like, basically, we created the TMD. Yeah, 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 you're the one that, like, and then you ultimately have to sort of undo it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also like, Sin, that the more we talk about, like, Russian things, the more Russian you're acting. <laughs> I'm noticing that, yeah. Really? Like, just, yeah, and on other, yeah, yeah, like, and then damage it, and then we got to the island. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> uh. Um, okay, cool. Um, so where are we at now? Um, so we're just past the research facility and we are heading towards the rail lines, right? So we fought, um, at this point, um, the giant, what I call like the time jumping mutants, right? Those blue guys, right? right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, just fought the boss and he has... I mean, honestly, um, now that we're talking about this point in the game, Mm -hmm. um, it looks like Lambit. Right or Lambit, right from Gears of War, um, right that type of. I don't. I don't play Gears of War. I've never played. Oh, you never. Oh, so in Gears of War, there's essentially. Um, I think it's in. I think it's implied in two. Right, that there's a fauna esque. Um, I don't know radiation. Right, that mutates the people that are exposed to it, and causes like pockets of like glowing pus for you as the player character to shoot towards for critical hits. Right. Um, because right, the, yeah, yeah. the giant monster. I haven't played it, but I'm I'm like kind of you know, like that yellow texture. Like, I'm sure you've seen trailers. Yeah, yeah, and like there's like the there's like locust things. 
Exactly. Like locusts develop lambent as a, I mean, essentially a waste of destroying the human population, which in this instance would be America for the Russians. Right. So, yeah. Um, so at this point in time, we are leaving the research, uh, you know, facility and we're, um, you know, we get to bear us off right through the time rift. And, um, we, are going to a door, right? So after you pick up the seeker and you go through the labs, right? You go through that part. Um, you have to intervene on Demichev pointing a gun at Beresov, and then you just shoot Beresov yeah. or uh, Demichev. I'm sorry. Um. Thank you. Did you guys ever run out of ammo playing this game? No. Right. No. Well, a little because I was using seeker ammo twenty four seven. Well, seeker is different. <laughs> Okay. All right. Thank you. So at this point, um, we save Barisov, and then him and you um, sort of run to run back to where the rift is, mm-hmm. so that you can go back to your time. And he's like, "It's okay. I'll hide out for fifty years somewhere on the island." And you're like, "Cool." Yeah, and that's and that's kind of where like the game development goes away because you know you immediately see the implications of what you just did by saving Barisov. You know, the island is more technologically advanced. There's um, augmenter machines, right? Right after the rift, where you can coincidentally play the device you just had. And, um, I don't know. I don't know if he was hiding. I think it might have been like a split in power, to be quite honest with you. Like, people followed Barisov, and people followed Demichev, and, you know, based on, you know, their own personal ideals. But it would make more sense if you were deciding. Cool. Later in the game, when you meet up with him, he has like... Yeah, like a, almost like an observatory for like a mad scientist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he's got like reactors spinning in the background and everything like that. You know, you find out Barisov had a child, right? That teddy bear you pick up in his room, right? He was raising a family, which I think originally was supposed to be implied to be Catherine. Because you never see the child, you know, you never see, you know, you never see a corpse, right? There's no, I mean, like I said, this oh, game holds yeah. your hand. There's no exposition to yeah, the that yeah. you just found, right? Or the note, right? Um, so I think that was supposed to be implied Catherine. Yeah. Because- um, I don't know. I don't know how it could yeah. be Catherine. Because in the second timeline, uh, Barisov is dead, but she is alive. But he died 50 years ago and she's not 50. It's like Endgame. There's giant plot holes with time travel. <laughs> also, I feel like in a story like this, it just makes sense. Like, right. plot, plot important character has child, you never see them, then there's like an adult later on. Like, it's just sort of... But it's still a pretty big plot hole. She's not 50 years old. And also he's dead in the second timeline, so... <laughs> she might... Maybe she uses the TMD to look younger, you don't know. She didn't have the TMD in the second timeline. We found it. I don't know. I mean, in, it's in time travel. Then, nothing makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Precisely because when when you meet Catherine, right? There's there's things that would be impossible to know because Ranko himself has yet to do it. And as the game is developing, you're not reliving or you're not living the future, right? You are creating space time itself, right? Yeah. Past, present, and future. That's what yeah. the game is implying. Renko is a set point in time. Um, 
Have you guys ever watched Doctor Who? Yeah. Yes. So they had a really cool way. I'm not saying this is anything to, you know, write a paper on, right? As far as like evidence, but, um, you know, Doctor yeah. Who with Matt Smith. Set points. Right, exactly. Set points in time, yeah. right? And that's Renko. So Renko yeah. has to happen no matter what, you know? Yeah. And um, so when you meet up with Barisov, right, right after this, right after you save him, you meet up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine is very like affectionate and, you know, I hate this use this term, but like girly, right. She's, you know, putting her hand yeah, on, her, yeah. you know, her, you know, she's putting her head on her hand. She's leaning over, you know, talking to him because if you stay in the room and you don't go exploring, they have a whole dialogue. that makes it seem like they know each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's applied to be like she was a, a lab assistant, but I always took it to be that's his kid. Yeah, that it makes sense. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um. So now, when we jump from the rift back into 2010, which is the present, Barissa contacts us through a TV, and he's like, "Hey, what's up? You haven't aged a day. Meet up with me. I have a lot to tell you. Nothing to hide." Yeah, and when we do meet up with him, he's like, hey, so when you did your thing, here's what happened. He shows you this movie, right? From the moment I invented the TMD, Demichev wanted it. He demanded I hand it over for him to use in his research. When I refused, he had me and everyone else who wouldn't cooperate labeled as traitors. If it weren't for you, I would have been killed everyone else. Demichev was obsessed with the power and possibilities of the singularity, but a few months after it came online, there was a terrible accident. The singularity exploded, killing thousands instantly. But they were the lucky ones. Those who survived were left to a fate worse than death. The E-99 radiation mutated every living thing on the island, including humans. The island was quarantined and abandoned, but not before E-99 had been effectively mass-produced and implemented in everything, from microwaves and vehicles to weapons more powerful than America's atomic bomb. On the heels of this success, Demichev was able to quickly rise through the party ranks, preaching all the while that Russia had a technological advantage it must use quickly and ruthlessly. And Premier Khrushchev agreed... Russia launched a preemptive strike against the United States, devastating its entire East Coast with a single E-99 bomb. Simultaneous attacks were also launched across Europe. Germany, France, Great Britain. None could stand against the E-99 weapons of the USSR's troops. Within six months, the entire world was under Khrushchev's control. But not for long. Demichev used his growing number of supporters to oust Khrushchev and install himself as Chancellor for life. And the movie starts off with like, by the way, Demichev is alive. He fell out the window, but he's alive. And he's actually more obsessed than ever. And he's obsessed with the singularity. And a few months after he brought the singularity in line, there was a terrible accident. And there was an explosion, killing thousands of people instantly, mutating others. And then 
the island was evacuated, but the research in A99 continued and the Union created this like most powerful weapon ever, even more powerful than the atomic bomb. And then Demichev was promoted into like government. And then under the order of Khrushchev, he dropped like an E99 bomb on the USA and he eliminated the entire East Coast. And then within six months, the entire world is under like Khrushchev's control. And then Demichev double crosses Khrushchev. And then Demichev is basically like king of the world. So that's what happened. How are you doing? And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what did I do? Right. How did you feel when you saw that film? I, I just figured, oh yeah, that. <laughs> because it's time travel. So it just makes sense for like, the sort of like, yeah, the act one of the game is going to be you thinking you've done the right thing. Yeah, each you time you're going back in time, it's like Marty McFly. Yeah. Every decision he makes does something completely, you know, the whole grandfather yeah. paradox. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 And then, um, Barisov tells you that, listen, <laughs> this looks bad, <laughs> but we can correct everything if we go back in time again. Again? <laughs> and destroy the singularity. And at this point, you're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> it just seems like we're messing everything up more and more. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's all good. Don't worry. I'm a scientist. And you're like, okay. How does he remember all this? Has he got, like, a notebook that exists outside of time? I don't know, Richie. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, uh, Barisov's plan is like, listen, there's this ship, right? It sunk, but on it, it had an E-99 bomb. So we're going to get that bomb, and we're going to use it in the past. And you're like, again, do you think that's a good idea? Because, like, and he's like, yeah, it's fine. And you're like, okay. You're a scientist. Right. So, yeah, so chapter three starts at that point based on that premise, right? Rail lines is what chapter three is called. And uh, you take the rail lines to that ship you were talking about called the Pearl. And on the Pearl, like you said, is a charge? No, uncharged, uncharged yeah. e E-99 bomb like canister, essentially. Which I don't understand because technically it sunk charged. So Shouldn't it be theoretically infinite? Well, it's been a while. They didn't plug it in. Yeah, you know? it may have, maybe it just ran out. <laughs> but it's infinite power. That's the whole point of the game. So. Maybe the Union exaggerated the capabilities of E99 a little bit. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, they... You know, there's been, like, parades of nuclear weapons where they were, like, not real. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So I thought that this part of the game was pretty neat. Throughout the level, we encounter a really cool boss. Do you want us? Do you want to tell us about it, Dom? I mean, this is going to be one of the points in the game I really don't know um, or have any theories about because the only thing I could sum up is those little creatures, right, with the stacks of E ninety nine pus, I guess, on their backs, yeah. um, developed into what we see as the I call it the crab, right, the giant crab monster. Yeah, just. Just like some sea life right. that the E-99 got into. You know, because as yeah. we see, you know, right after, you know, getting the TMD, we fall into like a, a hive, essentially, of those little creatures. And assuming the boss of yeah. Chapter 3 evolved with greater and greater exposure to E-99 into what we eventually have to fight. The first time I encountered that boss, I think I was a little panicked because I was shooting it and I wasn't like killing it. And I was so confused and panicked. And I think it just scared me. 
And then once you calm down, you're like, all right, I'm supposed to shoot it in its weak points, which are like the bright yellow orange things. Um, (laughs) Are you saying that there was a giant enemy crab and we attack its weak point for massive damage? Yeah. Why? What are you thinking? Oh, that's that's like an old meme that um, clearly you haven't heard of, so this is meaningless. Some people listening to this probably thought that was quite funny, but now that I've had to explain it, whenever my head not funny anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Richie. That was very funny. Actually, let's do a fake laughter, Dom. <laughs> if you don't bully me before the end of the episode, I might insert it there and make it sound like you're actually really funny. That's the most up-to-date game reference I've ever done. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and also, I can't remember if it's during this level that we meet the uh, the creatures that I think can't see you, but they can hear you. Yes. Well, that was also really creepy, because it's like, they're right next to you, and you're passing by them, like, really slowly, and they don't see you, but if they hear you, they're gonna kill you. It reminded me of the... Um, from The Last of Us, the clickers, the tickers, the clickers. Yeah. Yeah. Those are also find very terrifying. So I thought that was very effective. <laughs> they tapped into all my worst fears. I mean, the first time I encountered that crap monster, I could have sworn it was going to be one of those um, press button events, like God of War boss. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I, you know, I was playing this with a, a close friend of mine at the time, you know, as 15 year olds do. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we were playing this. We're like, oh, it's going to be a quick time event, guaranteed. Yeah, you know, we're going to fight this monster. You press A, you hit his weak point, and then that's going to be it. Because everything up to this point, I mean, you have a TMD that you could launch like a, a stop time, right? Bubble, on right? Everything. Right. So, I mean, everything kind of gets nullified after that point. Mm-hmm. Which isn't a bad thing if you you know. If you know the mechanics, obviously it's going to be nullified. But if you're new to the game, so you're probably just shooting your gun at this point and not using, utilizing the TMD as you should. I don't know. Did you guys use the TMD a lot when you were playing the game? Yeah, I used it a, a bunch, actually. My favorite thing was turning the bad human enemies into monsters, and then they attack their friends, and it was really cool. But that didn't bother you? Richie, what did you say? It's like, my favorite thing was turning people into monsters so their friends would kill them. <laughs> this is like when you're like, oh, sometimes I just sit around, chill out, watch Game of Thrones death compilation. <laughs> like, I'm a little worried. Real dark. Real dark. <laughs> it's fun. That's actually, like, one of my favorite things in all games. Like, in Bioshock, you can make a big daddy attack the other people. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of other games, but like in um, Sekiro, let's you do that. There we go in Sekiro. I think Dishonored yeah. too. Yeah, or I think you can possess people in Dishonored. Anyway, but that's like one of my favorite things to do. All right, so thank you. Now, but actually, before we get the bomb, there's some really cool stuff that happens. You basically like sort of thrown back and forth in time on the ship. And so that's that's cool. Like I really like that too in games where there's like some sort of time travel right. in the same space. Right. So that would be neat. And the ship also looks pretty cool because I think at some point you like 
it's sunk, so you have to unsunk it and then transform it so it's not like completely, I guess, rusted and stuff, right? Right. Yeah. So that was pretty neat too. Um, as we recover the bomb, um, there are too many of Dimitrov's men around the ship and around there. And uh, Catherine is like, I'll distract them. So she acts as a distraction. She gets shot and killed. And it's very mm-hmm. sad. Saying we can't turn back time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then basically Barisov helps you and he gets you um, to a safe spot. Then he's like, oh, by the way, yeah, the bomb isn't charged, so we gotta go charge it. And you're like, oh, okay. Another time travel. To charge it, we have to go back in time. Yeah, so what was the point of raising the ship? We could have just dived, got the thing, time traveled, (laughs) and got out of there. So what was the whole point of raising the ship besides, oh, here's a cool time manipulation of a giant ship being reconstructed? (laughs) Yes. But Isaf was like, I just really wanted to see it. It sounded really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, yeah, again, we go back in time. And we're in the research facility yet again, so I found that part pretty cool again. And there are also some interesting, like, not really NPC interactions, but basically some um, NPCs are hostile and try to kill you, but other NPCs where they see you, they're like, oh no, it's that guy. Dimitrov told us he'll be back to kill everyone. Run! So they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's really yeah. cool. One of them was like, oh no, don't kill me. I have a family and you can like choose to kill him or not. And I thought that was like, oh. And it, it's really good, like, video game dialogue, like, exposition, which is like, no, it's that man we were told would, like, while he's staring <laughs> yeah, at you, instead of just shit, he's like, it's that man we were told would return by Demichev. <laughs> Everyone be careful, he's trying to kill us. We had better stop him. <laughs> One annoying thing as a Russian, sometimes the enemies would scream out things in Russian, but it's the same, like, five things over and over and over again. <laughs> Oh, yeah, another thing that happens here, which I'm like, uh, so you find the place where you charge the bomb, right? And so you charge it, but you charging it, like, overloads the reactor or whatever, the charging station. And so as you sort of jump back into the present, the facility or the room or whatever behind you explodes. That's kind of mean. When we explode the cooker, right, because it's Dr., you know, Petrov, right, and his fauna asphyxiation. Yeah. He, uh, you know, yeah. everything is like swamp, right? Esque, like everything is a swamp. Yeah. And, um, you know, that I can't. That kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, as like the natural, biological, you know, E ninety nine enhanced, you know, fauna um, everywhere. So, yeah. Um, Doctor Petrov and Barisov were actually teaming together because um, there's a plant in the cooker facility after you charge the bomb, right? Um, if you kill it, it screams. Mm-hmm. The, the Venus flytrap thing, right? Um, if, if you if you kill it, it whimpers, yeah. right? And um, it, it's not legible, right? Yeah. The chalkboard behind it, but it's kind of almost implied that this thing is conscious, right? It not only feels pain, but it's conscious, right? Yeah. And... Yeah. This was very Fallout as well. Oh, really? Well, the tree- well yeah, like I said, maybe in 
No, no, no. Like in you, you would find like the places where they did the experiments with the music, oh, and they'd just gotcha. be like weird things lying around, and there'd be like notes mm-hmm. on boards yeah. and things explaining what was happening. Yeah. Oh, the other cool thing. Okay, this is a little detail, but uh, when you would go into a building and you see like. Uh, old notes or whatever broken blackboards with your tmd device you could restore them and like see what was on it oh yeah yeah i thought that was a really cute wow touch. that's pretty cool okay so at this point you and barisa if you have the bomb it's charged right and then yeah. you go to the tower because barisa is like okay we gotta go to the tower where we want to explode the tower but we got to be there physically, but again, you have to go back to 1950s and explode it in the past, explode the tower in the past. So the singularity doesn't happen. So the tower doesn't happen. Nothing works. Everything's destroyed. So then you're like, well, you know what? Seems like a good idea. <laughs> Definitely going to work this time. So you take the bomb, you go back in time, you put the bomb where it needs to be to be exploded. You like go back to the future. The um, the implication is that yeah, you exploded everything in the past, but then when you go back to the future, which is the present, the tower is still there, like it's not destroyed. And then Demichev shows up. He's like, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah, you're right because it's like a big surprise. He's like, "Yeah, I, f- I finally caught you. I'm caught up." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jam- Demichev is like, "Well, you thought you could destroy the tower, but all I had to do is to rebuild it." You're like, yeah. What's up, bitch? I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was funny. Damage was like, have fun on our trip down memory lane, Captain. All that effort to destroy the singularity when all I had to do was simply rebuild it. Like, ah, oh. yeah. Well played, Damage. And so, like, at this point, Demichev is sort of has, like, the gun on Barisov. And then you shoot Demichev, wounding him, not killing him yet. Right. This is where I think Barisov realizes, he's like, oh my god, what's happening? Like, we exploded the tower in the past, why isn't it working? And then Demichev is like, don't you know, you have tried this many times before. And then Renko has, like, flashback, because throughout the game, uh, you also see writings on the walls uh, that oh, yeah, says yeah. things like, you tried this before, or don't trust her, yeah, or don't, don't trust, trust her. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I remember, yeah. Yeah, and like basically, uh, turns out that these things were written by Renko himself because this was tried multiple times. That and uh, we don't which, remember all the tries, which is quite yeah, in yeah. the exact same way it's explained in Bioshock that Jack is being manipulated by <laughs> Fontaine. So, would you kindly, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so then Barisov is like, uh, and then you're like, uh, and then this is when Barisov has an epiphany where he's like, Okay, wait a minute. So the problem isn't the tower, it isn't Demichev, it isn't anything we thought. The problem is you saved Demichev from the fire. Yeah, someone this inconsistent should not be in charge of time travel. (laughs) I agree. Like Stalin was 100% wrong for giving any type of power. Yeah, he's like, listen, I embellished my CV a little bit, but in the words of Tyra Banks, fake it till you make it. <laughs> and they're like, who's Tyra Banks? And he's got a, oh yeah, it's for, for when I went forward in time. Hang on. <laughs> yep. 
So basically, uh, Borisov was like, okay, the way we fix this timeline for real is that you have to go back in time and you have to kill yourself in that moment when you're saving Demeter from the fire. Yeah, but in theory, that wouldn't work anyway. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the point. So at this point is where you got to make a choice, right? There's four different ways you can choose the end of the video game. However, there's only three possibilities from it. Okay, so tell us about the endings. So the first one is you shoot Demichev and kill yourself in 1955 prior to saving Demichev from the fire. Barisov becomes the super commander of the world as seen by the um, sickle and hammer right statue when you were flying in, right? Um, replaced. Exactly. Yeah, the planet of the exactly. reveal. Yeah. Um, is yeah. replaced yeah. with yeah. Uh, your boy. Barisov, who, by the way, we didn't mention this. I think it's pertinent, though. He progressively sounds crazier in his dialogue as you progress the game. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but he progressively becomes crazier. When you're, like, going to the ending of the video game, you can hear his ideology develop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, at this point, the sickle and hammer of the Soviet Union is replaced with Barisov himself, right? So that big statue you said was bigger than Stalin? He made that dwarfed by making a giant liberty, you know, statue of himself, right? And it is Mm -hmm. that timeline. So it doesn't matter. There's still a mega commander of the world, and it's Barisov instead of Demichev, or instead of Stalin, Demichev, you know, what doesn't matter, right? What I found interesting about that timeline is that when you go back in time to shoot yourself, I thought that was it, like you just kill yourself and you never exist. But after you shoot yourself, you wake up on the helicopter again, right? Yeah. And that's when you see like the statue of Barisov, but also your partner's like, oh, what a nice day, comrade. Yeah, I was waiting for that. The whole, as soon as I saw like time travel, alternate history, Soviet Union, there is going to be a scene where someone addresses you as comrade and you realize you're in the wrong future, or the Statue of Liberty is holding a hammer and sickle. And we kind of got both. Yeah. We got both, and we got a third thing where the titles, like, for like, uh, published by Activision had like random Russian letters in it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we got everything, yeah. <laughs> Comrade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this, this needs a series of like charts. Yeah, because I'm thinking, because I find, because, okay, technically, oh, another thing we forgot to say, which is uh, pretty important, is that, and pretty confusing, I guess, when you charge the bomb, take the bomb to the tower, go back in time, explode the tower in the past, that's the catastrophe that takes place in Katogra 12, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So... You are the one that created the explosion that killed everyone and created the monsters. Yep. But I thought it was really interesting when it's like, oh, so not only am I the cause of all the bad stuff, I'm actually the cause of other bad stuff that I didn't know I caused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, yeah, you're 100% right, because it still happens regardless of who you, you know, you save, right? You, you know, kill Demichev instead of Barisov and you inadvertently still cause the singularity explosion. The island is still abandoned. 
But did the singularity explosion happen in the original timeline or did just an accident happen in the original timeline? I think it has to have because the singularity still happened, right? The singularity is what allows the TMD to be what it is. But the explosion itself, I think that and Ranko is consistent. Like those are the fixed points in time that always need to happen because it's not a good ending no matter how you spin it. It's always going to end shitly. You know, it's, it's, it's all fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, ending two. Ranko now kills um, Barisov, right? And Demichev offers Ranko power to use the E99 to take control of the world by convincing Ranko that Barisov keeps sending Ranko back and forth in time without changing anything, right? So no matter what happens, it's still going to happen. Come with me. I'll at least make you a powerful person. Right. Demichev states Ranko yep. has what it takes to rule the world. Ranko and Demichev control the singularity to destroy the resistance with mutants and human armies working side by side. Right. So they utilize the singularity explosion. You know, they um they take the mutants and yep. they make a, a force to be reckoned with, right? Um Ranko and Demichev with Ranko as the military leader, right, enslave the human population. Right, so those propaganda posters you were bringing up is there's like a snapshot of like internment camps essentially, right? Right, yeah. Um, Ranko builds a reputation to be controlling factor, right, of the whole charade that him and Demichev are, you know, um, convincing everyone they're around, right? The charade, right? Now they start to have factions, so yeah, people start recognizing that Ranko is in control. Because he has the TMD and singularity within his control, right? Um, Demichev is the military. My Ranko is, you know, the, the heavy, you know. Um, so Demichev and Ranko become the world yeah. superpowers. So America and Russia are still a thing. It's just Ranko with the singularity symbol as his right nation versus, you know, the sickle and hammer, right? And, um, you know, the world superpowers, um, you know, the populace believes Ranko is stronger than Demichev in what was formerly the USA, right? So that's where Ranko resides. And uh, it grows to be the new resistance to the power of the Soviet Union, right? So there's direct conflict with each other. They said something that I thought was kind of cute. They were like, um, when like Ranko and, Je- when Ranko and Demichev were rising to power... Um, they said that Ranko even trained some of the island creatures in combat. Yeah, yeah I, I thought that was like, a nifty thing. It's how do you like? Did they have like special training classes for the creatures with like charts? Like, okay, don't eat friendly humans, eat enemy humans. <laughs> well, the CIA tried training dolphins, so like, what? CIA was like training dolphins. Yeah, really. Oh, goats. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, like I, I always thought he like you know used the TMD, made them human. Hey, you're attacking these people, and then made them a monster, and that's all they knew. Like, boom, do what I say. Yeah, that's the only way I could think of them. I don't know, coercing you know the monsters to work with them, or they gave them treats. Good. Yeah, here's a snack. Possible. Like, if you train, like, um, like your puppy, you gotta be like, okay, sit, and you give him a treat, you know? 
So this is like, kill. Okay, here's a treat. <laughs> yeah, sure. Here's a 99 for you. <laughs> okay. Um, there is ending three. So there's four ways of, you know, ending the game, but there's only three endings, right? Um, so ending three is Ranko kills both Demichev and Beresov. Um, Ranko kind of goes into the shadows at this point in time. Um, as, you know, assumingly he, um, you know, just he doesn't want anything to do with what happened, right? So knowledge of E99 and Katorga 12 are hidden from the world. Um, the TNT is missing. Ranko becomes a legend. Um, the USSR is dissolved. Mir 12 becomes a superpower because of the knowledge of Catherine, right? What she, you know, left behind. Um, because I guess it would be more appropriate now that that directly ties into this. Um, after each ending, we find out that, surprise, Catherine's not dead. Coincidentally, her travels with Ranko are what actually transcribed the Mir 12 document at the beginning of the game. It was Catherine. That's why it was so detailed right. right so that make that was actually a really cool page yeah you yeah. know it, i thought it was going to be time travel like oh someone wrote it we'll never find out who and it was really cool to find out it was Catherine. you know that, i thought that was pretty awesome yeah yeah and i think it's cool how they made it too because she did get shot but then um because there were like random surges of like time travel thing happening on the ship mm-hmm. so she got transported into the past and she's still like shot she's still you know bleeding and like with her i guess dying you know breaths or whatever she writes out this whole journal that starts the whole she even writes some words in blood you know as you see from cutscenes yeah um but yeah so that that's kind of why you know mirror 12 becomes the superpower once you eliminate Beresov and dechev right because um one would assume right that the you know ussr would still remain powerful right that's not the case um without Beresov and Demichev, it's you know what we know now you know what i mean mutually assured destruction everyone's just you know what we know right so um without the assistance of Demichev and Beresov, it doesn't become you know world war three right um however yeah, eventually yeah. mere 12 with the knowledge they get from catherine becomes the superpower right um, singularity still right. happens, explodes, um, and but this time it is pretty much all of, um, you know, Eastern Asia and Western North America continent is exploded. So, um, what happened to the East Coast, right, with the Demichev uh, alteration, is what happened to Katorga Twelve, Russia, and most of Alaska, mm-hmm. and um, E ninety nine mutants expand the globe instead of fighting alongside Ranko. However, in this instance, Ranko with the TMD becomes the ruler of the United States, still in this timeline. Um, he is forming a resistance for something he still technically made. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter. He still gets people to fight for him on the basis that he holds the power because he has the TMD. Mm-hmm. So those are the three endings. Um, but the fourth way you can kill the game is instead of killing anyone, turn around, press the TMD button, and kill yourself. Mm-hmm. But you still get the Barisov ending, where he becomes mega power, hit statue, replaces the sickle, and you are a comrade. Yeah. 
the worst possible ending is you become Russian. <laughs> well, that was The Singularity with Dominic, a.k.a. DePees and Kong. Uh, Dominic, where can people find you? Um, so, I don't really have a presence as far as, you know, like a, a video game or person or like YouTube. Uh, but if, you, if you're ever curious about, you know, like Bioshock or Singularity or... You know, anything you want to ask me about, you can always message me on Discord, you know, uh, the peas and corn underscore between each one. That's duh with D. So, um, yeah, you know, you guys will probably see me in there. And if you guys got anything, you can, you can message me. I probably won't know what's going on, but it's worth a discussion. So, <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for coming, Dominic. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to meet you guys finally. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm nervous what this is going to come into. Oh, it's going to be awesome. It'll be fine.